0: Well, I greet each one of you in the name of Jesus. It's good to see each one of you here. And I'm excited to be here. This morning I'd like to talk to you um, about prayer. And when I was, when I was preparing this, um, I had to think of, for some reason my mind went to um, Elijah. Elijah when he faced King Ahab. So I want to use, I want to use, if you want to turn to 1 King 18, I'm going to be reading that. Ahab had become king uh, prior to this chapter, and he was extremely wicked. Um, and he was married to, um, he was married to Jezebel, which to this day, um, I've never heard of anybody that was named that name because she has an extreme reputation of being one of the most wicked women in history. She was a, a huge problem for Ahab because she promoted um, idolatry and wickedness. And and if you, we won't read of it, but if you keep on reading past this in Two Kings, um, it tells how she went to her death. And what happened is. Because of her wickedness, she was thrown out of the window and the dogs devoured her. And when they went to bury her, there was nothing left but her skull, feet, and the palms of her hands is what the Bible says. And my whole point for bringing that out is um, to remind us there is consequences for our sins if we don't repent. When And when, I'll bring this out before we... St- before we read uh, when Elijah's time on earth was up his his consequences he he went he walked with elisha and he uh, God sent a chariot of fire with uh, horses of fire it says and he climbed in there and he disappeared into a whirlwind into heaven which that's pretty awesome that's that's pretty amazing okay let's read in 1 Kings eighteen and I hope it's okay i I st- studied out of the New Living Translation. So that's what I'm going to be reading. It's slightly different than King James Version, but it, it's a little bit easier um, to understand. So if it's a little bit different, that's why. In 1 Kings 18, it says, a, a drought had uh, created a terrible famine in the land for about three years. That was prior to this chapter. Um, because of Ahab's wicked ways, um, God... God shut off all the rains and he he let uh, it was a it was a famine in the land. In one one Kings eighteen verse one it says, Later on in the third year of the drought the Lord said to Elijah, Go and present yourself to King Ahab, tell him that I will soon send rain. And we don't read of any hesitation. I mean he just um, the way the way I understand this, he didn't he didn't hesitate. He went. He didn't fear for his life here. So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. Meanwhile, the famine had become uh, very severe in Samaria. So Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Obadiah was a de- devoted follower of the Lord, which is interesting to me because. He was, he was one of the top servants for Ahab, and yet he was a follower of the true, true God. Uh, it says one, in verse 4, it says, Once when Jezebel had tried to kill all the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had hidden a hundred of them in two caves. He put fifty prophets in each cave and supplied them with food and water. Ahab said to Obadiah, we must check every spring and valley in the land to see if we can find enough grass to save at least some of my horses and mules. So they divided the land between them. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And as Obadiah was walking along, he suddenly saw Elijah coming toward him. And Obadiah recognized him at once and bowed low to the ground before him. Is it really you, my lord Elijah, he asked and Elijah uh, replied, "Yes, it is. Now, go, now go and tell your master Elijah's here." And uh, Obadiah protested, uh, "What harm have I done to you that you are sending me to my death at the hands of Ahab? Because before this, um, the, the reason uh, Ahab blamed the drought uh, was, was he blamed it on Elijah, and he had searched the." Uh, the whole earth for Elijah. In verse 10, it says, For I swear by the Lord your God that the king has searched every nation and kingdom on earth from end to end to find you. And each time he was told Elijah isn't here, King Ahab forced the king of the nation to swear to the truth of his claim. He thought if he could find Elijah, then his problem would be solved. In verse 11, it says, And now you say, Go and tell your master Elijah is here, but as soon as I leave you, the Spirit of the Lord will carry you away to who knows where. When Ahab comes and cannot find you, he will kill me. And yet have I been a true servant of the Lord my whole life. Has no one told you, my Lord, about the time when Jezebel was trying to kill the Lord's prophets, and I hid a hundred of them in two caves and supplied them with food and water? And now you say, go and tell your master Elijah is here. Sir, if I do that, Ahab will certainly kill me. But Elijah said, I swear by the Lord Almighty in whose presence I stand that I will present myself to Ahab this day. So Obadiah went to tell Ahab that Elijah had come, and Ahab went out to meet Elijah. And when Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, So so is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? I have made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are the troublemakers, for you have refused to obey the commandments of the Lord and have worshipped the image of Baal instead. Now summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel along with the 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah who are supported by Jezebel. So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel And the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver, hobble between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Now bring two bowls, the prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish, and cut it into pieces, lay it on the wood of their altar, but without setting fire to it, I will prepare the other bowl and lay it on the wood on the altar, but not set fire to it. Then call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is a true God, and all the people agreed. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, You may go, you go first, for there are many of you. Choose one of the bulls and prepare it. Call on the name of, of your God, but do not set fire to the wood. So they prepared one of the bulls, placed it on the altar. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning until noontime. And they shouted, O Baal, answer us. But there was no reply of any kind. And it says, Then they danced and hobbled around the altar they had made. And about noontime... Elijah began mocking them. Uh, he, he scoffed, you, you'll have to shout louder, for surely he is a god. Um, he, he told them perhaps he's daydreaming, or maybe he is away on a trip or is asleep and needs to be awakened. So they shouted louder and followed their normal custom. They cut themselves with knives and sword, it says, until the blood gushed out. They raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice, but still there was no sign, no reply, no response. Then Elijah called to the people, Come over here, and they all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. It says he took twelve stones to represent each one of the tribes of Israel, and he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold, um, in this translation it says about three gallons of water. Um, Water was very scarce back then and otherwise it might have been more. But It says in 33, it says, He piled wood on the altar, cut the bull into pieces and laid the pieces on the wood. Then he said, Fill four large jars with water and pour the water over the offering and the wood. And it says, after they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. And when they were finished, he said, now do it a third time. So they did as he said, and the water ran around the altar and even filled the trench. At the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah walked up to the altar and prayed. He said, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command." O oh Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O oh Lord, are God and that you have brought back, brought them back to your cell. And it says immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It says it, it even licked up all the water in the trench. And when the, when the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground, ground and cried out, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Then Elijah commanded, seize all the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one escape. So the people seized them all, and Elijah took them down to the Kishon Valley and killed them there. You would think at this point, Ahab would have turned with the people. He seen, he seen the fire come down from heaven, but but he didn't. If you continue reading, he he would continue to be evil and wicked. In 41, it says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed, lo- bowed lo- low to the ground and prayed with his, it says he prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, Go and look toward the sea. The servant went and looked then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go back and look. And finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. And that was all Elijah needed to hear. It says, Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab, tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. In 45, it says, And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm, and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. That was the name of the town. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. And he, it says, He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. And I read another, uh, I'm not sure if it was in a com- commentary or where it was, it says he did this because he was trying to get Ahab um, to change his ways before he went back to that city. I don't know if that's legit or not, but I thought that was interesting. And, and because Ahab didn't change his ways, we read about him later. Uh, he, was, he disguised himself and went into battle, and a stray arrow pierced him, and as a result he was killed. There is extreme great power in asking God um, when we pray. The Bible, Bible gives us helpful keys to answer uh, prayers when we ask God in, in His way. And like Elijah, we can pray a simple prayer and we, we know that God hears us. in, Jer- in James verse 4 two to three, It says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And in verse 3 it says, even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what gives you pleasure. It's a very simple statement but it, it's a revelation you do not have because you do not ask God. We think um, we think God is God might be too busy with bigger things, or there has been times where I'm ashamed to say I have I had forgotten to ask God, or my prayer request is too insignificant, or I don't know if God will answer this request. But the Bible is saying here, you have not because you ask not. <clears throat> Sometimes we fail to pray to God and present our troubles to Him. Prayer doesn't, it doesn't have to be fancy, and it should be simple and straight from our heart. For uh, I'll give you an example. When Peter was sinking in the fierce storm, he cried out to Jesus. He said, Lord, save me. It can, your prayer can be as simple as that. When our motives are proper, there is great po- uh, power in asking God. So we think it's, it's normal for um, children to ask their fathers for something. And yet, sometimes us adults, we don't want to ask our Heavenly Father for something. And we know He loves us even more than our earthly Father. He wants, to, he wants to know everything about you, and He wants a relationship with you, but it's up to you. In 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15, it says this, and we are confident that He hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases Him. And since we know He hears us when we make our requests, we also know that He will give us what we ask for. So we need to determine the will of God and ask for that we need to pray, search the Scripture for God's will, ask God for wisdom to understand His will. In James 1, verse 5 to 6, it says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask Him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person is divided loyalty, For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a way of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. There is great confidence in prayer once you have discerned God's will. You believe that God will answer your prayer and we know that He hears us. In 1 John 3 verse 21 and 22 it says, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God in twenty two it says and we and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him some sometimes um, God answers our prayers differently than what we than what we thought should be the answer um, and that's important to remember we obey we need to obey God's commandments and then ask. As your petitions of God. In John fourteen verse fifteen, it uh, it says, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." There, I believe there is a direct cause and effect um, between obedience and answered prayers, a life pleasing to God. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give an example for us husbands. In one Peter. Uh, 3 verse 7 it says this likewise ye husbands dwell with, with ta- he's talking about um, our wives with them according to knowledge give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being hairs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered so if you don't if you don't honor your wife your prayers will be hindered is what he's saying and that, was, that was pretty thought provoking to me I have often failed with not honoring my wife. In John uh, 15, verse 7, it says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Let's be full of the word of God then, then ask, ask of God from that knowledge. Because it, it says, If my word remain in you, ask and it will be given you. Full of, God, full of God's word, your faith to us will be strong. Full of God's word, your confidence will be strong. Uh, in Matthew 21, verse 21, it says, Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up thrown into the sea and it will happen. In Matthew 21, verse 22, it says, You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. We we need to bring our lacks and needs before God and ask accordingly. Um, Lord, I lack wisdom for this situation. Please grant it. Or, Lord, I, I lack finances for necessary expenses. Please help me. If we ask in faith, nothing wavering. Ask God, believe God. In Matthew 18, verse 19 and 20, it says, Again, I tell you that if two on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. It can be very helpful um, to have a prayer partner, someone that will um, help you agree with in prayer. I've experienced that. In in Matthew 7, verse Eight, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the doors will be open. So let's keep on asking. Let's not give up. Let's ask God, experience, answer prayers. Let's, let's determine God's will and obey his commandments. Let's live a life pleasing to God, a walk closer to Jesus than you have already had before today. Let's study the Word and be filled more deeply with it. Let's acknowledge our lack and needs before God and then ask Him concerning them. Let's ask Him faith, nothing wavering. And find a a fellow believer to be a prayer partner with you. I this uh, week as I was, yesterday when I was studying for my message, um, I reached out and asked a couple guys to pray for me. And that's, that's what we can have, is we can find a fellow believer to be, to be a prayer partner with you. And I've never found that uh, anyone wasn't willing to pray when I asked. Let's, let's pray to God that He will fill us with wisdom and knowledge as we lead out as fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, as husbands and wives, and as about and as we go about everyday our work. And let's ask God to fill us with wisdom and knowledge to keep growing in his word and keep furthering his kingdom. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning. We're thankful for the blood of Jesus that was spilled on the cross for our sins. Lord, we just accept this and we ask that uh, we can spread the good news that we don't have to go to hell, Lord, that we can be saved eternally with you because of Jesus. Lord, we just ask that uh, you would touch each one here with the Holy Spirit and help us as we go about this next week throughout our work. We just ask that we can be encouragement to the people around us. We just pray this in Jesus' name.